I'm amazed at what's happening. <sighs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's May 2nd, 2010. Time for your Gimmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 196. This is No Agenda. On the lookout for mini sub torpedo missions from the Hilltop Watchtower Crockpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where the sun is shining and the birds are tweeting, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Really, the birds use Twitter out there, huh? They do. <laughs> okay. In the morning to you, my friend. And in the morning to everybody listening. Yeah. Well, not everybody's listening because it's so uncharacteristic of us to start early. Four minutes early. No, no. We usually don't roll until 9.15. Well, we're supposed to start at 9. Oh, I think we need a meeting. Yeah, you keep saying that. I don't know what, what, what this meeting meme is all about. <laughs> what is a meeting anyway? Uh, a meeting is where a whole bunch of people sit around and uh, try to impress the other people. Oh. <laughs> With what they're doing for the common good. Uh, why don't they just let uh, their work speak for itself? Before we uh, really jump into our, uh, into our show here, John, uh, I would like people to remember that on this very program, we were the first ones to say Michael Jackson was murdered. <laughs> and- Wait a minute. Let's back up a minute. Uh <laughs> We what? did. You're right. Of course, we do that. We we told you so. Is is a, is a is a thing we like to do. Well, we can't really play the jingle just yet because there's but, no. But but yeah. let's take it a step further. You actually not only we only did, not only did it on the show, but you actually did it on national television. Yes, on MSNBC, and all 14 people saw it. And right, and they hung up. And they on hung you. up on me and have never called me back. Even though I have uh, since then sent a couple of emails to the producer saying. Um, Gee, you remember when you hung up on me and it was ridiculous that I said that no one's looking into this as a murder case? So, of course, uh, it, you know, now I live in, uh, in the heart of, uh, of real news land. And so, you know, you can't, there's no way to avoid the news about the ongoing um, court case with uh, Dr. Conrad Murray. Uh, this uh, case resu- or actually starts in June. And he has now said, uh, no, I'm not going to cop a plea bargain. Uh, Michael Jackson killed himself. Damn it. He, uh, he, 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 <laughs> he killed himself. He killed him. It, seriously, that's what he's saying. And now the big news, what happens? A uh, very well-known, respected entertainment lawyer, Peter Lopez, who was a, more like a business lawyer in the certainly in the music business? You know, a lawyer isn't just a guy that goes and sues people, but he puts deals together for. You. He's more like a deal maker. The guy who actually worked a lot with Michael Jackson uh, in uh, 2006, 2007, helped him uh, set up the uh, the comeback um, concerts at Wembley Arena, etc. Found dead, shot to the head. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh yes. Oh and. <laughs> And everywhere it's like a parent suicide on his front oh, lawn. Yeah. On his yeah, front suicide. lawn, John. It's like, how <laughs> yeah, obvious gonna, is yeah, this? Yeah, if you're going to do it, do it on the front lawn. On the front lawn. And it's like, and of course, there's no, no actual reporting. You can't, get, you can't get the real story because everyone copy and paste. And of course, you know, Google becomes completely useless 
Yeah, it does. This, oh, I mean, it's amazing I, how that works. Oh, yeah. I mean, once once AP or Reuters gets it out there and says, oh, apparent suicide. Of course, there's no note. He does it on his front lawn. The guy's one of the most successful lawyers in the business. He's loved by everyone. You know, this the guy and he's married to Catherine uh, Bach, who is, uh, of course, Daisy Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. The guy's got nothing to complain about. OK, nothing wrong. And oh, no, so he's just murdered for some yeah, reason. Of course, he knew too much. He knows where the bodies are buried. He knows what's going on. It's, it's, this music and entertainment business is a huge scam. It's it's crime family. And wow. The guy, the guy knew too much. Apparently. <laughs> I'm like, well, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God. So, I mean, uh, too bad we don't have the all our, you know, we have so many clips, it's unfortunate that we can't, like, have them at the ready. But I'd still like to replay that clip uh, of, uh, was it Janet Jackson or one of those? Oh, no, LaToya Jackson. LaToya. Both LaToya, no, both LaToya and uh, and Joe, his dad have come out and said, look, you know, he was killed. No, no, but LaToya, before he was killed, told the anecdote about how Michael says, hey, if I ever end up dead, it's because of whatever, you know, because they're after the, uh, the, uh, I I don't think that was before, I think that was after Michael was killed, but but she said that Michael said that to him, I can probably, yeah, don't worry about it, but what was it she said, she said that uh, if anything happens to me, it's because they're after the, after uh, after my catalog, yeah, the the catalog, he He owns the Beatles, he had had the biggest catalog in the business, (laughs) he owns the Beatles, and of course, he owns the the Beatles, and the dispute Uh, is still ongoing, yeah, you know, and he has like there was some like flimsy. I mean, I, I, there's a whole bunch of links in the show notes at noagendashow.com. We don't have to dwell on it because it's like, all right, the world is not going to change because of this. But please just be aware of this. This is this is total. <laughs> and murder. we're laughing. <laughs> of course, we're laughing. It's horrible. <laughs> it, it, this is like uh, Schadenfreude. You know, you got to laugh about this stuff. Yeah, it is actually uh, amusing at some level. <sighs> so, what is on the agenda for today's agenda? Well, first, uh, we need to talk about our executive producer, if we have one, or producers. Well, we have a few. Uh, oh, really? Well. Producers? Yeah, we got a bunch, actually. Uh, oh, this, well. is, this is happy news. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I want to mention everybody out there, please become an executive producer on a weekly basis because it makes Adam happy, and the show actually <laughs> the show gets, gets a lot better. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, duh. So, let's start with... Um, uh, Sir R. Daniels was now a knight. He's he's given himself a knighthood. Well, and, we can't call him a sir yet. We'll have to knight him later. Oh, on. right. Well, okay. Now he's just R. Daniels, and he'll be a knight later today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for giving us a, uh, and he just threw in thousand dollars. Actually, threw in thirteen hundred. Whoa! He said, uh, you know, what's you know, I he felt like a douchebag until he gave us the money. Douchebag. And then it was over. And now he's not anymore. He's been de-douched. Huh? <laughs> you ready Come for on. it? You ready for it? <laughs> You've been de-douched. <laughs> <laughs> that should be, I think that's a very expensive jingle to get someone to play for you. Uh, well, <laughs> you get you $1,000 and you're an executive producer and you get de-douched, de-douched on the sure. spot. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, also executive producing is, uh, who is, I th- believe, is already, uh, oh, he's com- another guy completing his knighthood, Jake Kelly, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, $550, and to uh, 
round it off uh, because we generally give a executive produce ti- executive producer title to anyone who gives three hundred thirty three dollars and thirty three cents times three. Well, also three hundred thirty three dollars and thirty three cents generally. Uh, Jason Wrinkle in Stephenville, Texas. So those are our executive producers, and we have two associate executive producers on top of that. Wow, it's a big show, John. No, I, I take back just one because the other one is again. Uh, Sir R. Daniel, R. R. Daniels, who gave us a 300, but we have uh, Jared Forrester of Regina, <laughs> rhymes with Saskatchewan, Canada, $211 for, and we want to thank him. Uh huh. <laughs> hey, that's what they say there. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, someone sent me a note the other day, and because uh, you know, these, these credits, of course, uh, are no laughing matter. Uh, they are actual credits. This is a real show. I mean, you can put this on your resume. You can put it in, uh, well, in a number. You can put it on your business card if you want. You can. Uh, someone is uh, trying to, they've submitted their uh, uh, executive producer credit uh, to the IMDB database. I don't see, see that being a problem. I, is it only for films or can you can you be in other things as well? That's, that's well, you know, sure generally about. speaking, IMDB, uh, Internet Movie Database. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, but I've seen I've seen other. Th- you know, I have too. But usually, you have to have a movie credit on top of it. Okay, if you have I, no movie credits, I don't think you're going to get it listed. Well, are you in there? I don't have any movie credits. I, I've been trying to get a bit part for the last five that, years, and that, nobody will hire that's me. That's not what I asked. I said, "Are you on IMDb?" No, I don't think so. Well, if you are, then uh, then anyone can get on there. No, I'm not. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jared Forrester. Uh, uh, for being our associate executive producer. And of course, R. Daniels, Jake Kelly, and Jason Wrinkle, you guys are the uh, executive producers of No Agenda Show episode 196. And what you need to do is go out there and propagate our formula. It's deathly simple. Our formula is this we go out, we hit people in the mouth. All right, get ready now. Everybody say it with me now. Shut up, Sleeve! So uh, I want to get to something that we forgot last time. I want to mention it right off the top. Can I just mention some PR associates before you jump into that? Oh, we have some? Well, some associate moves. I kind of like to do that at the top of the show. It'll be real quick. Go. Okay. Um, We have a suggestion from Kyle Goiver who says, uh, hey, there's only 263 reviews in iTunes on the podcast, that would definitely help if you guys do some reviews. Obviously, positive ones. Uh, this is true because people do uh, look for that. I appreciate it. Uh, we have some new sites, vetsfornoagenda.com, uh, which is kind of uh, starting out. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it's going to be. Uh, we have uh, noagendatravel.com. <laughs> And we have uh, noagendasearch.com, which actually you worked on over the weekend, uh, John. Yeah, we, I was uh, back and forth with the guy. And uh, it looks like it's going to be interesting. But the funny thing is he's, he's turned up all these no agenda related sites. And it's, we're getting quite a few people that are just doing stuff on their own. I mean, one of the things we'll talk about when we do our third show our, our for, show. The, yeah, for, the, for the Deuce Club and uh, with some of the things that we're thinking about and, and how some of this works. Because I, I was uh, over at, at the Mevio offices with Dolby. And he's, you know, talking about, well, you guys should do this, you should do that. I said, no, you know, we're letting people do this. And we're just, uh, we, we, we don't want to, you know, we, we don't want to do the book club. 
personally. No. We want somebody else to do it. No, that's actual work. And and you know what? Those individual people are going to do the best job they can do to promote their site and, and yeah. their SEO. And, you know, why and, but we, and we help them. Yeah, and why should we do it? We're good at doing one thing. Right. And this is it. it. <laughs> this is it. We can only do this. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. You wanted to get into something yeah. that you hadn't talked about. Uh, our wiki page has been ruined. Oh, no. By a guy named Churba, who I can't figure out who this is, but he went in there and took out all the backstory about the No Agenda show. He took out the uh, references. Yeah, he took out the references to the family guy, how we came up with our our basic model, and uh, just basically ripped the thing to shreds and simplified it so it's just has no it's useless i mean before people could if they've never heard the show they could go to the wiki page and they can catch up to what our thesis or our theory or our model is for why we how we do the show why we do it the way we do it and this guy churba goes in there and just tears all this stuff out saying it's you know i could just imagine who this guy is i we have so many sysop types out there we want get on this Go back and fix the page. Well, a couple of interesting things. I'm looking at it now. There is all of a sudden a whole paragraph about the Dvorak interlude. Hmm. And may I say, courtesy of the chat room, you are indeed on IMDb, which means uh, anybody can get on it. Well, that's yeah. Since I haven't got my role, <laughs> yeah, in a movie. Yeah, well, so there you go. <laughs> Where's my movie? Role? Where's my movie role? I can, yeah, I can stand behind the counter and go, yes, uh, sir. You know this. Oh, <laughs> them prophylactics look like fun. <laughs> hey, man, this this blows. They really screwed up our page. I hate that. Yeah, no, this guy really ruined the page. This churba person. Yeah, but we can't go in and change it ourselves, John. That's a no-no. Yeah, I know. But anyway, you can look at the discussion. If you click on the, the different tabs, you can see who did this, who wrecked the page. Yeah. And I don't know why they did it. I mean, they obviously just don't like us or some guy is just a jerk. I have no idea. But but people have to go in there and fix this page, especially the, the backstory, which is the which is important. And I don't see why it wouldn't be on there. You know, there's a lot of wiki pages have been attacked by guys like this Cherba character. Uh And it takes a lot of the charm of the oh, page. Oh, this, this is the guy. This guy actually does more of this. Churba? Yeah. I don't know. I, I couldn't find it what else he did, but uh-huh. yeah, I think he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys, you know, he goes in and he's some guy with nothing but time on his hands to wreck pages yeah. and kind of miss the point of the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't no, know. Of course, it, now it's an opinion piece. You know, it's it, it's not the actual backstory. And, you know, it's, a, it's a, an example of, of this, although I, this may not be in there. I haven't read it entirely. But. I think it's because we're against global warming. Well, duh. The science is in. The uh, the whole Wikipedia thing is a is a huge shill for global warming. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yes, indeed. And, and we bitch about it constantly about man man made human human global warming uh, constantly because yeah. we're idiots apparently. Yes, and denialists. So we were denialists, and so this guy came in there and wrecked the page. I would like to get uh, this straightened out, so we're making a plea to our computer guys to hey, fix it. Um, last night was the Washington Correspondence Dinner. Oh, yes. Did you see it? I saw Jay Leno bomb. Well, I mean, this guy was this was the, this was the biggest... I, by the way, you can go to my Dvorak.org blog... And and you have Obama's stand-up routine, which was outstanding. He killed. He killed. Leno, did you get to see Leno? I saw. Well, the whole thing is on WhiteHouse.gov, and there's a couple of interesting things they they did there. But 
Uh, here's what I think happened, John. So first of all, I believe, you know, we know that Jeffrey Immelt is, uh, is Obama's buddy there and he's an advisor to the president. Immelt, of course, the chairman of GE who owns NBC, who owns Jay Leno. I'm thinking here's how the meeting goes. All right, we'll get Jay in. We'll have uh, our best writers write your stuff, Mr. President, and then we'll give Jay all the crap. So you'll look really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Obama, he, I mean, on the, on the one hand, it's very funny, but on the other hand, it's kind of sinister when you see a guy cracking birther jokes when, in fact, you know, we still have questions. And it's, it, it was sinister in a way. But, man, funny. No, Very he's got funny. he's got the timing and everything, and and what was surprising when I was I'm still more typical of people who try to be funny. Uh, I was more amused by Leno's bombing. Bombing, yeah. Well, also the White House. <laughs> but, but, did some- but, but the way I want to mention a couple of things about his bombing, besides the fact that he had no way of getting out of it, which which is not common. For a professional comic, no. if you're bombing, you, you usually can save it with save. Yeah, just yell the N word really loud. He didn't do anything to save no. his material, no. and he was reading his jokes off of a sheet of paper and showing old clips from his show. Which actually, uh, the White House version of it doesn't show his clips. They did show Obama's clips, which was funny because he, he, Obama showed the uh, the CNN clip of uh, Rick Sanchez talking about volcanoes not oh, not uh, not being in cold places. Yeah. Which you know is like all right, someone's 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 on the ball there, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, it, it was just it was like wow. Anyway, uh, it's in the show notes at noagendashow.com. If you haven't found it by now, you can take a look at it. Uh, we could play the whole thing, but it, it's just funny. End end of it's just funny, but but not funny as in oh my gosh, it's just funny. So uh, yeah, now we had a bunch of things from last week. We wanted to talk about Brett Michaels ratings and salt. Uh, well, we, we, we already kind of discussed that, I think. What, ratings and salt? Ratings and salt? Yeah, but Brett might, we did that at the top of the show. What show? <laughs> this show. This, this show on Thursday. Where were you? <laughs> no, this is the, this is at the end of the Thursday show. You said, hey, we're going to, we got to talk about Brett Michaels. We didn't talk about it no, today. No, we talked about Brett Michaels at the beginning of the last show. No. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, it was the first thing we talked about. Well, why is it? Why is it on my list of things to talk about on Sunday? I don't know. Your list is bogus. That's <laughs> a list I have. I, was, I, have, two, I have two checklists. You're not. You're not maintaining my checklist when we go flying. That's for sure. <laughs> I thought you didn't like checklists. Uh, yeah, I do. When they're made, you don't even remember what we talked about on the last show. I I'm, don't. Well, that's well. Do you have low T? I have low T, man. I gotta get some. I gotta get pumped up on roids. Oh my god! All right, let me. Uh, let me. Uh, oh, jeez! Now, now you've thrown me for a loop. Yeah. The. Um, all right. I'll just launch into into my main. I got two main stories today, mm. and um, and the big one, of course, is now there's multiple theories about the uh, the oil rig that over that uh, it blew up. Uh, off the Gulf Coast, and uh, what was interesting, what caught caught my attention, uh, President Obama was uh, actually uh, awarding the Teacher of the Year award in the Rose Garden uh, when he interrupted the uh, oops when he interrupted the proceedings uh, to actually talk about 
what had happened, and I just found what he said to be very interesting. Let's uh, have a quick little listen. Welcome to the White House. Welcome to the Rose Garden. Uh, This is uh, an extraordinary occasion, uh, a beautiful day, appropriately so. Uh, So I hate to intrude on it, uh, but before we begin, I do want to speak briefly uh, to the American people about the recent BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, I've been receiving frequent briefings from members of my cabinet and White House staff, including an update last night on the additional breach and another update this morning. And while BP is ultimately responsible for funding the cost of response and cleanup operations. Which, by the way, is not true. It's uh, They own the field. They don't own the uh, the actual rig. We'll get into that in a second. That's by a, an outfit called Transocean. Uh, my administration will continue to use every single available resource at our disposal, including potentially the Department of Defense, to address the incident. Earlier today, DHS Secretary Napolitano announced that this incident is of national significance, and the Department of Interior has announced that they will be sending SWAT teams to the Gulf to inspect all platforms and rigs. All right. So I thought that was interesting. Why are they sending a SWAT team? Well, because they clearly... Special weapons and tactics? <laughs> yes, clearly there's there's something amiss, John. So there's two things. First of all, the um, national significance is, uh, is a very specific word uh, and is used, um, let's see, uh, I have it here, in I think 2004, they set up the national response document or, you know, the... Um, uh, I'm looking for it here. Um, there's a certain there's a certain set of protocols in the event of some form of you know terrible event, and they all kind of evolve around being attacked. And so when Napolitano says national significance, that's basically code for okay, something messed up is happening, and we're being attacked. Send in the SWAT team. And so they did indeed send send SWAT. You know, and I've never heard of this happening. They didn't send SWAT when the Exxon Valdez uh, broke up. Not no. that I know of, at least. No, of course not. Okay, so there's a couple of things that are very interesting. So one, and this is the uh, this is the a theory. Now let me let me go go back to my theory, which comes from insiders. Uh, we know that there's meetings going on uh, with all the large oil companies. And they want to inflate the price of oil, and they basically see that it's cheaper to cause a natural disaster to stop oil uh, drilling and to uh, lose oil, which of course is exactly what happened. And now no more contracts are being given out, and everything's being stopped. And everyone's like, "Stop! We can't drill anymore." And we're making jokes of them: drill, baby, drill, to spill, baby, spill, and kill, baby, spill, and all of that. Um, these oil companies know that they're going to make far more money on the price of oil skyrocketing, which it is. It's uh, it's 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 on the huge uptick. They're going to make a lot more money, you know, as opposed to what it's going to cost to clean up. And this is from meeting notes. Well, so, not only that, but I'm sure that uh, the company that owns the rig, and you can be sh- certain that BP did a contract that had a uh, liability clause in it. Uh, so anything that happened would oh, it's, not. It's not on them. Yeah, it's not on them. It's not so, on. Yeah, it's a. It's a. Uh, it's very common in in contracts to have one of these uh, dis- disclaimers, or you take all the responsibility for problems, and uh, and they can just. I don't know. I have to look this up. I'll look it up. But I. It might be just as easy for them to just go bankrupt and nobody picks up the tab. Well, this is what's interesting. Um, 
and I'll just stay on this theory, then I'll get to the kind of crazier one, which is not even that crazy. So on the very day, uh, and this was April 20th when this happened, on the very day that this disaster takes place, and this rig was made by an outfit called Transocean Limited, and uh, it's very hard to get a lot of information on on these types of companies. But uh, here I am looking at a press release. Uh, Zug, Switzerland. Remember now, these meetings that we spoke of, Zug taking place in Zug, okay, yeah. and Zug is a, a, a tax haven. It's where all a lot of you know a lot of people live whose la- last names end in Inc. and LLC and LTD. On the very day that this disaster happens, and this happened at, uh, I believe, around 10 a.m. Uh, I don't would that be Central Time? Um, anyway, doesn't doesn't matter. On this very day, this company Transocean went public on the Swiss exchange. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, what we would say is... Coincidence? Uh, I think not! So the share price, you know, goes up to like 100. The markets close after this disaster. Thing tanks. No, now, that'd be a nice play. The, of course! <laughs> and so I've been trying to find put options and trying to look at people shorting the stock. You've got to think that that was the part of it. I mean, yeah, again, why it's, not? It's just too coincidental. You yeah, know? let's just take in this thing public and, and then and, run it up and then just dump the thing and let them go broke. On the very same day. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the indemnification clause. That's what I, the word of I was course. looking for. So, um, yeah, he, BP is not picking up a nickel of this thing. It's going to be, no, it's a scandal. No, not at all. But here's, here's the theory that, uh, that you will hear. I, this is going to go mainstream and it's going to be uh, ridiculed, of course. Um, Transocean um, is largely funded by South Korea. Hmm. And the reports are that the, uh, let's see. Here it is. So there's a lot of backstory to this and and where they launched it from. But the report is that a two-man North Korean submarine went on a suicide mission. And uh, basically, uh, I guess they call it flying underwater, flew right into the this uh, deep water oil platform and blew it up to get back at South Korea for a number of reasons. And there's Gazprom again. Gazprom uh, just signed a deal to bypass uh, North Korea to bring, and th- these guys are good at that, Gazprom being the Russian gas company, to supply South Korea with uh, Russian gas. And of course, if you, if you know the, the map and you look at uh, Google Earth, you'll see that uh, North Korea borders on the uh, eastern tip there of Russia. So they're essentially going through undersea pipelines, going straight to South Korea, and the report is that this is North Korea saying, hey, we're still at war with you guys. Watch this. And apparently this, this two-man sub was launched from, um, from a, a vessel that came off of Cuba uh, on April 18th. And there's some reports here of uh, people tracking this uh, Empresa uh, Mambisas de la Habana. Oh, that's the, that's the port it came out of. Hmm. Well, you know, we do have a, uh, an insider in the business that's on one of these platforms, and I asked him specifically to uh, see what the gossip was around, because eventually the gossip 
uh, uh, amongst these uh, workers that work on these platforms is uh, going to reveal something. Something, yeah. Did so, you we'll, get, did, did you get anything back yet? Not yet. Okay. So, so uh, the, what, what I'm thinking is, first of all, I, I am even I, the crackpot of all crackpots, am much more inclined to believe the story that the big oil companies say we don't give a crap. We'll clean it up. Who gives a crap about some birds? You know, we're going to make billions of dollars. And look at the price of oil taken up. Pop, 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 pop. Well, it's you know, beautiful. it does it does put a crimp in the drill baby drill thing. And there's nothing but but increased uh, ridicule of Sarah Palin uh, since this happened. Yeah. And in fact, back to the Leno thing on the uh, at the at the media meeting at the White House dinner or the d- dinner for the uh, media. Uh, it was, uh, Leno was just ragging on Palin. I guess he's never going to get her on the show, mm-hmm. uh, in a very kind of mean spirited way that was getting zero laughs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the, so that probably is going to put a crimp on into the, uh, I mean, it's very rare that anything, I mean, these, these platforms have been out there all over the world. There's hundreds of them and they've never had this sort of a problem. Now, this is a pretty big one. I was watching, actually, I actually have some clips when we come to train, when we get to trains later on. Uh, I was watching the Bill Maher show. You know, I like some S&M on a Friday night. I, I like to be hurt. And, um, and I lost my train of thought. Bill Maher, trains. Uh, you were going to talk about trains. No, I don't want, I want, I didn't want to talk about You're trains. low T, dude. I, I'm total low T, man. Low T. You I, need I, to be pumped up I, on roids. I need some help, dude. Oh, yeah, no, I remember what it was. Um, you know, so everyone's bitching about, oh, well, this is what you get with offshore drilling, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then actually it was the guy. There are from, hundreds and hundreds of these plat- platforms. Well, no, it was the guy from the New York Times, um, Ross, uh, what's his name? Dalton, whatever. Good guy. Actually from the New York Times. He said, well, you know, look, it's either going to be platforms or it's going to be tankers. You know, either way, you can't have it both ways. So, you know, you have just as much chance of another Exxon Valdez taking place, which was a tanker that broke up, as you do as one of these accidents. Shit does happen. That was yeah, essentially but doesn't, You know, the funny thing is it doesn't happen that often. No, not at all. Not at all. But, you know, the... Just the timing of everything and, and, you know, anyway, so I'm still holding fast to what my insider says that uh, something in the Caribbean will happen next. There was another uh, rig that overturned in Louisiana, uh, although apparently it didn't have any oil in it. Maybe just some oil to keep the generators running, uh, but it overturned. That was a mobile inland drilling unit. Of course, you know, it's like when you buy a 10-speed bike, then all of, all of a sudden you see 10-speed bikes everywhere. Uh, so, you know, that's the way the news works, but uh, this, so it's not unthinkable that, uh, you know, cause Gazprom is a part of the big cabal, the Gazprom said, Hey, you know what? We'll just gonna tell these guys over in North Korea to go, you know, get pissed off at the South Koreans. We'll go to them a little bit. They'll blow it up. Don't worry. It's taken care of. And the timing was interesting. May day, you know, earth day, just all of this stuff. You know, we've got at the same time, the, we've got the, the nuclear, um, stance that we're taking. It's just, there is stuff going on that we know nothing about. It's not being reported on, of course, by mainstream media. Um, no, it's pathetic. Yeah, but we are uh, keeping our eyes on it. And when you hear to have the president saying, I'm sending in SWAT teams, you got to go like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Somebody should have grilled him on that. SWAT team, that's important. Well, no you don't one... send in a SWAT team unless there's <laughs> something going on. Yeah, well, <laughs> why bother asking questions? Uh, when you can just read the press release. Yeah. Uh, uh. 
All right. So what's your other story? No, no, you do some. I, I, I'd no, like to... I, got, I got clips. Well, I got some clips, too. Really? You got clips this week? Yeah, I actually edited them. Wow. You want my clips? No. <laughs> Here's one. Okay, I'll, I'll give It's not a clip. Uh, but we have mentioned many times, uh, and that's why I read the magazine, or you can call it a magazine. <laughs> the National Enquirer um, is, of course, uh, well known to have ties to the CIA. And we know that there's a big war between the administration and the CIA. We've talked about that many times on this show. And they're, they're usually, when it comes to political gossip, they're pretty much spot on, I would have to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was the John Edwards? They had that. They oh, had everything on that. Nobody guy, right? had that. Yeah. Well, they had it. And they yeah. were And they were right. So the big one uh, this week, and you can't avoid it when you're at the supermarket, Obama cheating scandal, shocking yeah, new reports. Yeah. I've been wondering. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit, too. Uh, obviously, uh, this is some. Uh, and the girl, by the way, is kind of pretty. Yeah, Vera, Vera Baker. Yeah, Vera Baker. You can look her up. You can look up Vera Baker and hit images on Google, and you can see her. And, uh, you know, she looks like the type that would you know, be a home wrecker. <laughs> That's so unfair. That's so unfair. If his schlong is hanging out of his pants, she's not the home wrecker. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> it is unfair. You're right. So uh, it's unfair and sexist. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's our show. Yeah, well, we're unfair and sexist, basically. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think? What's what's the deal? You think it's just the CIA decided to blow it, blow this up? Well, I think the CIA decided it to blow it. Doesn't do up. any good. This is that it's be after the election. It's just embarrassing. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go. It doesn't well, go it, anywhere. I think it's one of those uh, one of those warning things. It, look, you know what? You say it, it does. It doesn't mean anything. Okay, just to be really sexist and racist at the same time. Dude, you don't want your black wife pissed at you, okay? Because you cheated. I, don't you think she's been pissed at him since for years? I mean, if you ever see her, uh, I don't she know. just looks pissed. I don't know. Um, and I, don't you think she already would know about this? Well, I think just like Hillary, you know, she there's a whole other agenda set for her. You know, she just has to sit out a couple of years in the White House. Yeah. And um, and then she'll uh, she'll she'll be you know Secretary of State or something like that or who knows what yeah. whatever oh, the yeah. case no, is I, I don't think there's I don't believe for a minute that sh- that this is news uh, in that family uh, hmm. and she may have been brewing brooding on it for a long time I mean she seems uh, she's always looked like the angry wife to me well maybe just her demeanor I don't know but. Uh... And of course, the question is, who did Vera Baker? And actually by the have? way, and don't forget that he stuck her with this uh, childhood obesity thing, which it had you could just see her. She's like, "Are you glowing. saying? Are you saying my ass is fat? Is that what you're saying, Barack?" <laughs> exactly. That's basically what it is, right? It's like, "Hey, ba- hey, baby, hey, baby, you and guess you what you've got? You got a new assignment. Yeah, you can't you can't be uh, talking about fat children if your ass is too big. <laughs> that is ultimate, though, isn't it? Yeah, totally. That's that's really bad when you think about it. Um, so anyway, I I I I do like to pay attention to that stuff because. Uh, well, we'll see where it's going, national, but yeah, obviously, it's the South, I, th- I consider the 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 piece in the Inquirer. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but I I consider it a salvo. Like we got, we know stuff that we we know what's going on. We can do more if you don't, you know, do something or other. 
we don't know the backstory, so it's just like all we can do is look at the surface of these things and figure out if something else is going on. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Well, meanwhile, uh, of course, we've pretty much forgotten about the the food, Fort Hood massacre. Yeah. Right. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, um, Hassan, uh, Major Nadal M. Hassan. So uh, once again. The Obama administration has defied a congressional subpoena for the Fort Hood documents. Uh Aha. Because, you know, the story, there's two stories. You know, one is the lone crazy gunman story, which everyone always seems to go, okay, (laughs) I believe that. There's lots of crazy people. Uh, And then, of course, there's the uh, probably what actually happened is that a, a whole bunch of guys went nuts Shot, shot everything up because they didn't want to be returned to Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, the long and the short of it is the Obama administration refuses to release the reports, the interviews, testimony to Congress. Now, wait a minute. This is the transparent government. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, that's disgusting. No, they, 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 just, they just... Here it is. The Pentagon... After days of negotiations, the Pentagon and Justice Department formed a Senate committee. They would not comply with congressional subpoenas to share investigative records from the November 5th shootings at Fort Hood, Texas, which killed 13 people. The agency said that divulging the material could jeopardize their prosecution of Major Nadal M. Hassan, the accused gunman. The Pentagon did did budge in other areas, however, saying it had agreed to give the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs access to Hassan's personnel file. Woo! Gee, thanks. So they're just uh, they're just holding back on it, and and that's you know that's suspicious to say the least. And I don't understand why, unless you know uh, they've got something to hide. Yeah, there's something screwy about this whole deal. Now we have nobody on the inside on that one to help us out. And how come? Uh, no, we don't. And how come uh, Rachel Maddow's not all over that? Well, doesn't uh, reflect well on the president. So um, I have a couple of clips that are uh, kind of interesting. Uh, I've, I don't know if you watched Thirty Rock. I haven't. Wa- I, I have watched it many times. I have not watched it recently. Uh, I think the show is brilliant. The show is brilliant, but they they keep pushing this. They they they're now they're pushing the censors to an extreme, and I, and they're getting the damnedest things through, uh, almost as though they're so bored. Because the show, the show has got the show, it, is, the show has never had ratings. It's award winning. Uh, it wins award after award. Yeah, but, and, and a lot of insiders watch it. And it's, yeah, but and the that, big the big joke is no one watches it. Well, that's NBC's problem yeah. because they're you know a messed up network. But the fact of the matter is the show is brilliant and it's it, it's it is extremely humorous uh, in very perverse ways. But so I got this, I had like a jaw-dropping moment when I got this particular uh, clip uh, thinking, what, did anybody go over the script? Was this ad-libbed? I can't believe they even let this, (laughs) censors let this bit go through, play it. Hey, Jetta, so nice to meet Paul. Interesting guy. How much do you know about him? Well, I lost a toe ring in him, so I'd say a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, like, what he does. <laughs> they probably didn't understand it. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I'm listening to that. What? 
they're trying, they're doing, you know, they're doing anything they can to get ratings. How bad is it when you have something like that in your script and no one talks about it? <laughs> nobody talks about it. Nobody cares. Nobody notices. No. <laughs> what? They say, what can we do? I don't know. Let's get more weird. Yeah. That show, of course, is well known for uh, also pushing the agenda. They put glo- you know global warming stuff in there. They're definitely on board with the uh, propaganda. Well, it's Hollywood. Yeah, you're in La La. I mean, that whole the whole thing's out of Hollywood. Yeah. So we got some climate change clips in it. We've been sitting. Wow. On. Yeah. Do we? Do we? Let me play. Let's play my climate change one and two and see what it says. I can't remember. These been these been in the rundown for weeks on end. Check it out. The ice caps are melting. The polar bears are dying. What is this from? Do you know now? I can't remember. <laughs> A recent study. <laughs> it's not Brett Michaels by any chance, is it? No. <laughs> by Yale and George Mason Universities found that 56% of Americans don't trust public figures like Al Gore and Sarah Palin on climate change as much as they do the local weather forecaster. And your seven-day forecast will show those showers. And the climate change scientists... They're scientists. They freely admit they haven't always been effective spokespeople for their cause. I plead guilty. I don't think we've done the best job that we could have done. Um, Penn State's Michael Mann is one of the scientists who last year had his emails hacked and quoted worldwide by climate change skeptics as... Yeah. So this is uh, this was a... Um, now I'm getting... I'm remembering. This was either uh, a Nightline... Or a, uh, something on PBS, and they were showing they were get they were they were showing the difference between the climatologists and the uh, and the and the weather guys, the uh, the um, meteorologists, and the it this debate, and it was just, it was a very interesting debate because the meteorologists made a lot more sense than these other guys who were just <laughs> yeah all in. I don't know. Climate change, too, and I think... There's no serious debate within the scientific community about the reality of human-caused uh, climate change. And no yet. debate. No, of course there's no debate. It's funny, because they're, they're on a show where they're debating. <laughs> Part of your job is to convince all of us, isn't it? I don't see my job as uh, convincing anybody of anything. Uh, I, no, you just have to believe what I say. I went to school, damn it. I see my job as a scientist of making sure that the, uh, that the public discourse is informed by an accurate understanding of the science. And that may be one reason the doubting meteorologists have had such a huge opening to convince the public otherwise. But then again, that you know, I'm, I have a, uh, you know, I'm a ditch-digging meteorologist, though. Just a bachelor of science. This is the biggest forecast of them all, and the stakes are much higher than right, whether to good. bring in them. Yeah. Now, I think, the, unfortunately, I don't have the notes on this anymore, but I did a lot of research, and we'll probably bring it up in a future show. But the in the 70s, and you can look this stuff up, the uh, science was in, and all the climatologists then, of course, were predicting global cooling. Uh, except for one guy who who apparently has been with global warming the whole time, and there's another guy who's been global cooling to this day the whole time. But the, for the most part, and it was always climatologists that were convinced that we're going to have global cooling. It's going to be the worst thing ever. And there were huge articles in Time Magazine and Newsweek, and this, and it was the same. And you'd hear the pitch was exactly yeah, the same. Same, as same the, script, exact same, exact script. same script. Yep. I don't know. Well. So um, this is why our Wikipedia page has been ruined by this Churba character, yeah. C-H-U-R-B-A. So the uh, global warming, 
Whether uh, true or not, there's a, a lot of the people who are claiming that this is horrible and happening and it's all because of us is uh, are the same people who stand to make a lot of money. And we've talked about this many times on the show. We've uh, shamed Al Gore for his business dealings. And I'm happy to see Investor's Business Daily, which I would say is a, a reasonably um, well-regarded no, absolutely. In fact, uh, Horowitz is a huge fan of that publication, especially the weekend edition, I guess. Okay, so here it is, titled The $10 Trillion Climate Fraud, and it outlines exactly what we have mentioned on this show. In fact, I should probably do a little... Uh, we told you so. Ha! So uh, it starts right <laughs> off. Well, senators from uh, a froth over Goldman Sachs and derivatives, a climate trading scheme being run out of the Chicago Climate Exchange would make Bernie Madoff blush. And its trail leads to the White House. This is exactly what we told you. Wow, I just did something really weird. I tried to use my finger on the screen of my Mac to scroll the page. Whoa, that was strange. Um, thinking it was an iPad. Uh, lost in the recent headlines is Al Gore's appearance Monday in Denver at the annual meeting of Council of Foundations, an association of the nation's philanthropic leaders. And he said, time's running out. We have to get our act together. You have a unique role in getting our act together. And it goes right on to say how... Do you find it, by the way, do you find it odd that uh, despite all the climate gate and the scandals and the arguments that are legitimate by lots of scientists, and I mean, uh, there's just amazing number of, of heavy hitters that have th- thought this thing is something bogus about it, and they want to talk about it more, and they're not convinced, uh, that this is just... It's as though there that as no nothing happened. Nothing has nothing, happened. No, nothing we're right. Happened. We're marching, marching, yeah, marching, marching in the right same ahead. direction. Oh yeah. Do you find it odd? I mean, it's almost like you know, it's almost like a little kid covering his ears and going, "I can't, can't hear you," you know, kind of thing. It's, it's almost reminds me of that extreme. Yeah, but John, when you have Brett Michaels possibly not appearing on the final live episodes of Celebrity Apprentice, how can you even be bothered with any of this? So this, uh, just going back to, uh, to this Gore thing, and I love that Investors Business Daily, a very serious publication, and you know, yeah, you're right, let's see if anyone jumps on this. Of course they won't, because the whole thing is a scam, and everyone, everyone, everybody wants in on it. Um, he set up the uh, Chicago Climate Exchange... Uh, which is uh, uh, now a part, uh, which was this guy named Sandor. I mean, we went through all of this stuff. Who, who, by the way, is the guy that claims that the climate trading of carbon credits could be a $10 trillion market, which is why everyone's shutting up about it. They're like, hey, how can I get in? Uh, but what you need to know is that the, cli- the Chicago Climate Exchange was set up with grant money from the Joyce Foundation and on the board of the Joyce Foundation was Barack Obama. Oh, really? Yeah, and we talked about this on the oh, show. Oh, so he's but, all in. Yeah, totally, of course he's all in. So this is, you know, so everybody's in on the scam and it's a form of taxation. Well, uh, well the cap and trade will be, but then uh, another thing that wasn't and reported. And the cap and trade keeps marching forward. How can that happen? Yeah, well they've changed it to uh, remove pollution. But then okay. on on Friday, and I'm sure you didn't see this reported, uh, Atlanta-based CME Group has agreed to pay $604 million for Climate Exchange PLC, 
This is the London-based operator of the Chicago Climate Exchange and Chicago Climate Futures Exchange. $604 million. The combination of climate exchange's emission markets and ICE's futures and OTC energy markets is an important and logical strategic combination. So what they've done is they've seen that the heat is on, right? They see, oh my God, it's like, oh shit, man, you know, the heat is on and all this, and everyone's uh, looking into Gore's investments, and you know, and yes, there's a number of gold, ex-Goldman guys who are who have built this uh, trading company. So now they're going to hide it in another group, and they've just folded it in, and uh, it's going to be harder to track. You know, we won't be able to point to the to, to evil Al because he'll be on the outside of it all. Uh, and no, and this gets no play. Not a small deal, by the way. More than half a billion dollars for something that doesn't even work yet. Yeah, that's pretty amazingly that's, expensive. That's just based upon future possible revenues. And this is the trading desk, right? These are the, <laughs> this, this is like the the it's like a computer. It's like, right. a, it's it's like, a, like a PC. It's like a big ass computer that they paid a lot of money for. Um, but you're right, and, and maybe I should just get into the Bill Maher show briefly. It'll take me into trains. Um, but when you hear, you know, this propaganda and everyone agreeing on this show, and let me just tell you who's on the show, Chris Matthews, of course, from CNN's Hardball, uh, Ross Duthot from the New York Times, who actually made the most sense on the show, and then Laura Tyson, and she's the one that scared me the most. She is, uh, I guess she's now on the President's Council of Economic Advisors, I think. She's, she's, yeah, she's been on many uh, presidential uh, economic advisory boards. Of course, uh, I should point out she's also a director a board, on the board of directors of AT&T, Eastman Kodak, and uh, she is also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. She's one of these Pelosi kind of like women. So she's the scary one because you know she, her job is actually to inform the president uh, of economic conditions, make economic choices, and to communicate that to the world. And here they are in the Bill Maher show, and uh, this will eventually lead into trains, which is very funny. Uh, but it's all about global warming and how we have to go green. What is it going to take for America to understand that even if we don't believe in global warming, the rest of the world does? So stop right there. You know, that's, that's pretty crazy stuff to say that. The rest of the world doesn't believe that. Yeah, no, they don't at all. It's bogus. I mean, they they turned it back in Australia. They won't subscribe to it in India. Definitely doesn't buy it, and uh, China doesn't buy it. What, who is he kidding? This guy, you know, this guy is a is a, a unbelievable stooge. Yeah. By the way, a Hardball is uh, I think MSNBC. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. Thank you, yes. chat room. Yes. Here we right. go. <laughs> and they're making money. They're making off money of, off of, of green technology. They're making money. Well, some, I mean, some you hear in the background. Yes, that's a great idea. They're making money off of green technology. They're making money off of green technology. They're not. And the only guy who's saying it smartly is this Ross guy. Listen. Some some people are, but here's. I mean, I believe in global warming. I'm not sure I always believe in green jobs, though. I mean, if you look, there's a reason that there are many reasons that we use oil. But one of the reasons we use oil is that it's still cheaper than the alternatives. And it may be that you're yeah, right. It's cheaper than the alternatives. Should, we should write that we should. I can't quite hear what she says. I think she Play says it again. I think she says cheaper than the alternatives. I th- cheaper think than that, the alternatives. That's what I think she says. Cheaper than the alternatives, and it may be that you're yeah, right. Cheaper than the alternatives. We should write. <laughs> she's a mumbler. Oh, she's frightening. She's really scary. 
Really scary. We should be taxing it. But the problem you get into with green energy, green jobs and so on, is that you have to sit around and try and pick winners. You have to say, we're going to invest in this and we're going to invest in this and so on. And the next thing you know, I mean, one of the things that's happened, one of the many difficulties that the Spanish economy has run into recently is that they had a green jobs bubble. It was basically like our housing bubble. I love that this guy is saying this. This is the New York Times guy. You wouldn't expect to make so much sense. But he's absolutely, it wasn't the only problem, of course, in Spain, but he's absolutely right. No, no, the Spain, Spain was all in on this deal, and they went bankrupt doing it. We were subsidizing, you know, McMansions in, in the suburbs, and they were subsidizing. Green- yeah, what? She keeps mumbling. I know, under I know. It's really hard, but it, it, I tried to separate some of the stuff she's saying, because at a certain point, they're all talking, and she just keeps talking and talking like... You know, like, it's like, shut up, slave, I'm talking. People usually stop talking when I talk in Washington. And she just keeps talking, just like, ugh, shut up. Housing bubble, except we were subsidizing, you know, McMansions in the, in the suburbs, and they were subsidizing green energy, and people threw a ton of money into it, and the profits never showed up. And, you know, I mean, Spain has other problems as well, but the, the, the thing to keep in mind is just, and but this is, is why the case, the strong, the it, Unfortunately, the guy is not media savvy, and then he doesn't round off his point, and then he loses it, and then everyone jumps all over him, which is Yeah, like, there, there, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mar jumps in there and kills his point. Of course, because Mar just got a new deal for 30 episodes and he's going to propagate it's like heroin no, and the godfather here's, here's, it's well, the future well, here's, Come yeah, on. i love that analogy it's like heroin the godfather it may kill us all but hey who cares right it's making money and it's just and but this it is, is why it the is case the, it is no, the look, future the strong the it's strong, like heroin no, and the godfather it's the future it's what the mob is going to be it's what the mob is going to be saying but here's the way you know the trouble you guys you turn listen listen chris no listen chris you're not getting anywhere with this you're not getting anywhere. Because, <laughs> because the green ch- the way you're looking at these little boutique industries, like, look, this kind of- Chris Matthews, I got to call him out. Hold on. Douchebag. Listen to what he he goes off, John. He just like, uh, like you got it all wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Which is what they learn at MSNBC. You're wrong. You're wrong. Country wrong. so far behind. Europe, you go to Europe, you get on a train. It goes 365 miles an hour through France. Oh, here it's we called go. the TGV. Yeah. It is fantastic. Right. You yep. go, they get the channel. They're doing all this stuff with fast transit. In this country- the channel is not fast, okay? The channel goes underwater, and it's it's the investors in the channel lost their shirts. They lost billions. Yeah. It's the hugest money-losing scheme ever, and it's not cheap to travel on the channel. You can get an easy jet for, for 50 bucks fly almost anywhere in continental Europe and the channel, which by the way drops you off in France, you still got to drive five hours to get anywhere outside of France. They don't take you to Paris. No, of course not. Yeah. It's, it's expensive. It's, hun- yeah, it's, no, it's hundreds really of bucks. Expensive. It's like 210 it's, bucks yeah. or something to take the thing. Yeah, and they're still losing money. Yeah, good deal. Actually, we got, what, Amtrak. Amtrak. <laughs> I did a Pat Money, remember him? Fast transit across the United States. Be in Chicago in a day. Across the country in a couple days. Did you hear that? It gets better. Just don't even comment. It just gets better. (laughs) Be in Chicago in a day. Yay. I can can poop to Burbank Airport and be there in a couple hours in a day. Yes, fast. Be up and down between New York and Florida on fast, silent trains. People would love them. They would jump in those trains. That's green jobs. Amtrak can't even turn a profit on the northeast corridor. See, the Ross guy is getting shut out, but he's saying, look, Amtrak can't even turn a profit on the northeast corridor. 
Which is true. Amtrak and that is, is the place. To, if you're going to make money in the in the uh, train business, and and the only place it's practical is in the Northeast Corridor because it's very competitive. And if you can't make money there, what are you going to do with a shot a shot to Chicago that takes a day? <laughs> and Amtrak that's, can't turn a profit because it sucks. That's, that's what right, he's that's right, no, 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 Bill. No, that's no. bull crap. That the the Acela is one of the greatest trains in the world. It's run by the government. I, I, I mean, we, you need to have right. a strong so, public sector and stop this idea that but, free enterprise is going to do everything. No, but we do so have a strong the government. But, but we already have a heavily subsidized rail industry. In what, where is that? Where is it? It's called Amtrak. That's, that's, that's Joe, Joe Biden has been, I mean, that, you know, a lot of people are pushing. Look, the fact is you need to, fa- everywhere else in the world but, knows that the way to get around is fast, you know, no frictionless, fast-moving train. This is the meme, John. Like, we're behind. Everybody else in the world knows it. We're stupid. We have to get well, We have to well, jump how on can the you, Wait a minute. How, on the one hand, do they go on about the, the, the strong public sector, aka Amtrak, and then ridicule Amtrak in the same kind of dialogue? Does this make any sense to anybody? No, it's just mind control to get you. And and boy, wait until I play you the president clip about. I might, I might as well just go straight into the whole trains thing. This is great, though. It doesn't stop. Put it so in great. perspective. You know this. China is spending $300 billion on high-speed rail. Right. And yes. The whole country That's a government be- infrastructure project. Right. We are- yeah, they work for a dollar an hour. <laughs> Laura Tyson, economist. Going to we're probably- trying to get one. We're trying to get one. What? Uh, typical uh, wage in China is $25 a week. Which oh, is below a dollar. Below a dollar an hour. Trying to get one. I agree. We're trying to get one. That's the truth. And we don't right. have government. We don't have state funds to do it, yeah. and we don't have federal funds. Now, in, uh, listen to what she's saying, because her message is going to come up in a minute. She's saying we don't have the government funds. We don't have the state funds. We don't have the money. Oh, the civil war. No, well, we're we fighting across the country. A lot of the guys would like to start it up again. I've noticed. In the middle of the civil war. <laughs> this is another meme, by the way. In the middle of the Civil War, we built a railroad. This is uh, this is another meme you've got to look out for. We d- we've done it before. Yeah, Lincoln I got a meme it. for us later too. Yeah, okay. you don't think Texas <laughs> these other, no, I, in your position yeah. anyway. We built this. We built the interstate railroad system. We built the cross country trains. We had an, an interstate uh, uh, the land grant colleges, scientific farming. We did all that in the middle of the Civil War. We can do a lot of big things in a public sector way. Do you ride the uh, chicken attitude, Chris? Do you ride? Do you ride? Do you ride the Do you ride the Acela? I love it. I need to put out something that isn't on the list tonight, but it should be on the list because another thing happened this week. We had the first meeting of uh, the now listen to this so this woman is actually she has the president's ear okay she's the one that tells the president what we need to do for the economy deficit reduction commission and the u.s the u.s has a huge deficit and debt problem and i want to warn everybody here it's very dangerous it's a warning john take heed when women like this talk it's a warning but what really think about this Building massive infrastructure, which was part of the way the U.S. became a major economic power, we're not going to have the funds to do it. We're going to say, oh, we need to actually cut the deficit. We, we, just we need to cut a, the debt. Uh, we need to- all right. So then so Bill Maher goes in the whole thing saying like, well, we got $787 billion. How come I'm not getting any trains for that? And she gives the answer. She gives the answer as to how we're going to build this high-speed rail. And it is the most un-American horrible thing i've ever heard in my life so tax baby tax I maybe is what we should do with the I, oil I, I i certainly unless everyone applauding yay for taxes yay! why does anybody applaud for taxes <sighs> but I, I i don't think it, I, I think there's 
There's Yay, another tax taxes. here, which is very important. One can tax baby tax the oil companies. Okay, let's not do that because they're our friends. But I think that to solve America's environmental problems, to move America to alternative energy, to move America to efficiency in buildings, to have everybody in this audience and everybody uh, who's listening be more efficient in the use of energy, we have to uh, consider taxing it. We have to raise the price. The right. price of oil and oil products in the United States, as you know, is uh, a fraction of what it is. That's not entirely true. Yes, a fraction, but half is not like, you know, she makes it sound like it's a like it's a, a one eighteenth of a percent of the of the cost of gas anywhere else. It is in other countries that don't have the environment to build solar or wind the way we do. What is that? Other countries don't have the environment to build solar and wind the way we do. What is she talking about? But this they, is but uh, yeah, well, almost. They do it because the price of oil is so and it's hot. artificial, and the tax is great source of revenue. So I would say add that in as another price. Yes, and and and, user. and BP, this is the company that owned that oil rig. It was kind of good news and bad news for them this week. Bad news, their rig exploded. Good news, <laughs> uh, their profit for the first quarter was double last year. Six billion dollars, uh, and and oil last year was forty one dollars a barrel. Now it's eighty four, and part of the reason it's going to go up again is because of this exploding rig. So it's kind of a win win for them, as opposed to say a pelican. Right, but if you want, <laughs> so he does the setup, and she gets to hammer it home. But if you want to slow down demand for their product and therefore slow down the price increase that they the, the, the increase in the price of their gallons of oil they sell, you have to slow down demand by giving users a price incentive not to use it. Right. A price incentive. A price incentive not, not to would make it. it really expensive. That's yes. interesting. Yeah, a price incentive. I think that's called a disincentive. Or a reverse incentive. That's bullcrap. This woman is horrible. Well, she's running a lot of the show. This is what you got to know. I didn't know about this. You got me on this one. Well, <clears throat> and I know where this comes from. Because on April 17th, <sighs> there was a press conference in Washington. Ray LaHood, who is our transportation secretary, which I just love that name, LaHood. Sounds like a hood, doesn't he? LaHood. LaHood. You leaving? Okay. Uh, Ray LaHood, um, Joe Biden... And President Obama. Very small, not really uh, picked up by a lot of people, uh, but it did happen. It was, just, it was for press only. And, of course, uh, I spent a lot of my time on the weekend watching C-SPAN. Um, uh, I got a couple of clips from it that I'll just go to quickly. The first, here's a, a piece of Ray LaHood's introduction. This year, as we celebrate the 200th anniversary of Lincoln's birth, it is fitting that we recapture that ambitious, can-do spirit. There's the meme. Once again, civil war. We built it then, we can do it again. And it's fitting, in an era of highways and airport congestion, that we once again make passenger rail an important part of our national transportation strategy. All around the country, people are asking for more rail service. Ridership on Amtrak? No, they're light not. Rail. No, of course not. He's just making it up. <laughs> Where are the people protesting? We want trains! We want trains! It's crazy, isn't it? Commuter rail and subways this is, is on the rise. Scam. And across Europe and Asia, people enjoy the comfort and convenience of high-speed trade travel. That's why it's so important for us to jumpstart a new era in American train travel. Okay. 
So, you know, people are enjoying that. Yeah, they also enjoy the strikes. And then uh, Joe Biden, who, of course, is, thank you, darling, who is Mr. Train, he, uh, he has to set up the president. This is how it works. It's like, it's like two opening acts this guy has. Listen to how Biden gets in on the act and who he's actually thanking for setting all this up. Many people deserve credit for this. The great congressional leaders who have been introduced today. Many of you, if I started going through the audience, the people I've known been working in the vineyards in this, we'd be here all day, Mr. President. But there are so many critical aspects to this. So many supporters in state capitals, among the cities, among the governors. Uh, but on behalf of, uh, of those of us who've been waiting for this day for decades, Mr. President, I want I want to pay uh, particular thanks to three people. And uh, the first is Secretary LaHood uh, for his leadership and vision. He jumped right into this job and he didn't miss a step, didn't didn't miss a beat, was ready to go from day one. Now, of course, we know why Joe Biden was actually chosen as vice president. He was chosen to, to push this agenda. He is Mr. Train. This is the whole reason the guy is in the job is to push this train thing. And this is so, very uncharacteristic. Yeah, sorry. Okay, well, I, w- I want to bring up something after we're all done with this, because I think the train thing is they're selling it for one purpose and going to use it for another. I mean, it's so obvious. Okay, well, you, you hold on to that. I'll finish up real quick. Uh, just want you to hear who Biden props as uh, the guy who really pushed this agenda. Characteristic, Mr. President, well, I want to thank Rahm Emanuel. Uh, <laughs> I... I... Not only is smart as a devil, not only is a former congressman, I believe, Mr. President, it was Rahm's tenacious, tenacious persistence that led uh, to getting this high-speed rail funding and recovery act. It was at your direction, but I'm not sure it would have been able to have been done. All right. So then he, uh, so he's propping Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel, as we know, doesn't do anything without some kind of agenda. And part of that agenda is, of course, that uh, Chicago is going to be a huge hub for the high-speed rail. At least that's the way it's planned. In the show notes at noagendashow.com, you can find tons of uh, links and drawings. And you can see exactly this whole thing has been laid out. We just kind of didn't see it. But now listen to what the president says. And the clip is uh, a little long, so I'll cut it off after the pertinent point. Uh, I believe that... um, Uh, Air transportation is purposely being made extremely unattractive for this very reason of pushing this whole train agenda. And listen to the quip the president makes about it. Today, our aging system of highways and byways, air routes and rail lines is hindering that growth. Our highways are clogged with traffic, costing us $80 billion a year in lost productivity and wasted fuel. Our airports are choked with increased loads. Some of you flew down here, and uh, you know what that was about. No, what was that about? What was it about? What By was the way, it about? you'd be here tomorrow if you took the train. Yeah, what was that about? What was it about? What, because we have to stand at the stupid TSA security checkpoint? Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. But no, it's not all that bad. I get from Los Angeles to San Francisco, the city, door-to-door in under three hours with the plane. It's not that bad, and it's cheap. It's 59 bucks. But what is that about, Mr. President? You know, you just when he, when people do that, it's like, oh, that irks me. You know what that's about. I don't have to tell you. Shut up, slave. Write that I'm that I'm correct. By the way, what is an aging airway? He said it's that. It's bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. It's, it's an airplane in the air. It's not aging what's at aging? all. What's well, aging? What's, oh, no, I'll there. tell you what's aging about it because they they remember the 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 new um 
the new system that's supposed to be put in place that, oh, there's all kinds of computer errors. We can't figure it out. They lost a satellite for the new Waze GPS navigation system. This is a setup. It's a total setup. You, uh, uh, aging airway system. It's not aging. It works fine. It works perfectly okay. Oh, yeah, but we have accidents and stuff happens and it's really bad. But it gets we have worse. Very few accidents. 30,000 flights a day. It gets worse, John. We're at the mercy of fluctuating gas prices all too often. And by the way, trains don't run for free. <laughs> they run on, on nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not I wish they ran on magnets alone, but it's not true. They run on electricity, which has to be generated somewhere, somehow. We pump too many greenhouse gases into the air. What we need then is, is a smart transportation system equal to the needs of the 21st century. <sighs> a system that reduces travel times and increases mobility. A system that reduces congestion and boosts productivity. A system that reduces destructive emissions and creates jobs. How do you reduce destructive emissions? Again, it, trains don't run for free. And by the way, how does this reduce time? It takes a. I get to Chicago from San Francisco in four hours. Yeah, no, it's going to take you a much, day. I'm within, you know, another half hour of this downtown. How does taking a train, which oh, is going to... Oh, 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 no, wait. He's going to tell you, John. Shut up, slave. He's going to tell you. Talking about is a vision for high-speed rail in America. Imagine boarding a train in the center of a city. No racing to an airport and across a terminal. No delays. No sitting on the tarmac. No lost luggage. No taking off your shoes. There it is. You bastard. No taking off your shoes. Oh, so we're not going to have TSA checkpoints on the train? Terrorists won't be attacking trains? Lies. Total lie. I just, and how know. do you have, what, what, they're going to make you check luggage anyway. But listen, listen to how the stupid media laughs at this joke, which is not funny. It's not funny. What, you know, we're not going to have shoe bombers on trains if everybody's on the train? Don't you see that this is actually splitting open the entire security theater that is the airports? It's being done on purpose. No lost luggage. No taking off your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Imagine whisking through towns at speeds over 100 miles an hour. Woo! Wow. I like going hey, to I the was sky. going to Chicago as a little kid on a train and we would do 100 miles an hour. I like going 500 miles an hour. Sorry, that's my oh, speed. Hour. It takes forever. <laughs> it took three Walking days home. to get to Chicago. Now it's going to take one whole day. That's crap. Nobody wants this. Why don't they put their money in the supersonic transports? That would be a better idea. Okay, here's what's really going on. This is all bull. This is all theater. They don't. There is no hope. Let's be realistic, ladies and gentlemen. There is no hope for passenger service to Chicago to ever be more than just kind of a casual vacation kind of thing. It's not going to be done for business. Nobody can afford the time. It's not possible. Nobody's going to take a train from San Francisco to New York ever. I don't care how fast it goes. The fact of the matter is they want to just throw some money into this system so they can have faster transport of goods. They're going to – Warren Buffett didn't buy Burlington Northern uh, – for, for the purposes of putting people on trains. This is a ruse. It's to make it seem as though we need support for this. We need support because people are going to get on the train. Nobody's getting on the train. This is so we can screw the Teamsters, get trucks off the road, and move 
with more efficiency, because if you can get a, a one day for shipping a big container full of crap to Chicago from San Francisco, it takes a day to get there on a high-speed train, that's faster than a truck's going to get there. There's a lot of money to be made moving goods from here to there. There's never going to be transportation for people. It's a ruse. It's bogus. It's bullcrap. Oh, I think we can play it. John C. Dvorak's Pet Peeve of the Day. Well, thank you, John. Thank you for, for wrapping that up perfectly well. And so the big money that they've invested in this, $8 billion from the stimulus package, an additional $5 billion over the next five years, which is pretty much enough to pay the architects to make the drawing. That's about it. It's not no, going to be a lot of money spent on this thing, but it's, it's, you know, it's not for people. But they're going to sell it. They got to sell it to us because it's going to cost a lot of money. They're going to charge us taxes on our gasoline because of this dipshit woman and all the rest of these people. They want and all the people clapping for taxes. Oh, we're not taxed enough. Let's get taxed more. And it's all going to be for high speed rail as though it was for us, but it's not. It's for Warren Buffett and all the big investors who need to move, who want to screw the Teamsters essentially and get trucks off the road and move goods faster. There's no people on these trains. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In so let's go over some of the people that uh, donated this week. Yeah, here comes the real scam. Which is what? No. (laughs) (laughs) We're not getting enough money. That's the real. I'm like, man, these guys gave $8 billion. You know, I will will hand deliver the MP3 file to every listener for $8 billion. Yeah, we get a few hundred bucks. Okay, Montgomery Santos. Uh, in Buffalo, New York, one twelve fourteen uh, has a few things to say. You, you can read it over uh, if you think there's something good in there. Uh, Matthew Carey, one hundred eleven dollars and eleven cents uh, from Eastwood, South Australia. Thank you very much for South Australia. Uh, we got thirty three dollars and thirty cents, three 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 times three ninety nine ninety from uh, Paola. Valencia de Sousa, de Sousa, de Sousa, de Sousa, de Sousa, in, in Zurich, where the money, where all the real money is, uh, Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, let's see, he has, he wants to say that Karsten, uh, wish me luck and tell Karsten he is a, a douche. <laughs> he, says, he says a douche, but I think he meant douche. Douche, oh, okay. Uh, James Chapko. Crown Point, Indiana, sixty dollars. Uh, Sebastian the Stigter uh, in in. <laughs> okay, you got the name pretty good, Sebastian de Stichter. Okay, Say, no, Delft, no, try it. Try it again, Sebastian de Stichter in Delft, Zuid Holland. Yeah, yeah, and they make good. Uh, apparently, they make good. Uh, they still make uh, good pots plates. there. <laughs> good pottery. Pottery. <laughs> Uh, your knowledge of the world is stunning. That is. And uh, Spongberg Enterprises. Uh, <coughs> and he wants a happy birthday to Andrea Garnier. Yeah, we actually, I, I, I did that on... Uh, you did it? I did it on uh, Daily Source Code. He had, yeah, he had a whole bit, man. Okay, well... And then I he's, played a song and everything. All right, and all right. And so, we yeah, don't need yeah, yeah. to do it. Uh, but she's got a great name. Garnier. Mm-hmm. The sexiest woman in Canada, he Yay. says. Yay! Uh, Gil Freund, uh, New Haven, Connecticut, 55 cents, two nickels on the dime, double nickels on the dime. 
Uh, he's noticing some memes out there. Uh, what, does he got anything interesting? I don't know. All right, I think, Seb- did Sebastian say something? Uh, no, I'm sorry. John uh, Nay Gelly in uh, crossing uh, Washington, crossing Pennsylvania. I think it might be Nagala. Nagala, yeah, That's definitely. What I think it is Nagala. definitely, definitely, definitely Nagala, definitely. Ryan Pels, Deming, New Mexico, two nickels on the dime. Deb and Carter Hutchins, Mooresville, Indiana, and Andre Peters. And I have to go to the because uh, we have a. A promotion going on in the Deuce Club. Uh, some of these two nickels on the dimes have floated into the other uh, thing, and I'll get. I'll mention those names later. We need after. In fact, I'll look it up now as we give our two knighthoods out. Wait, wait. We have a. I think we have another birthday that uh, I think you kind of glossed over. I think we do have to do that one. This is the Ryan Peltz. He says, uh, happy birthday to Forrest Gumpy Kirchner. And uh, he donated uh, double nickels on the dime for that. Man, the Beatles are... We should be paying uh, Michael Jackson some money. Send him a dollar. Yeah. So we have two knights. So I think we should knight them. Okay. Wow. All right. Who do we have? Well, we got... uh... Hold on a second. Yeah, I got it. I, I'm 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 ready. We have uh, for starters, okay. Sir R. Daniels or R. Daniels. R. Daniels. Oh, this is uh, yeah. He donated. He, he went straight into a knighthood. Uh, he sent nine times fifty is four fifty. Uh, a lot of money. No, that was Jay Kelly. Shit, uh, I'm confused. All right. R. Daniels. Do we need to talk about R. Daniels or go straight into his nighting? Well, he also sent in some money on behalf of John Lee's birthday, so I guess we have to do a birthday thing. <laughs> yeah, but let's knight him first. Yeah, okay. Draw your sword, John. Okay. Oh. R. Daniels, kneel before us as we now proudly knight thee, Sir R. Daniels, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please join us over here for some hookers and blow. At our trading desk. And our second night is... Uh, second uh, night is Sir or Jake Kelly. Jake Kelly, right. Now, he's he's been on a plan. He's uh, Oh, he's, he's the one who's got John Lee's birthday. He's the one, that's right. Okay. All right. Jake Kelly, kneel before us. John, you better get the big sword for that one. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's kind of a big guy. Jake Kelly, we hereby proudly pronounce the Sir Jake Kelly, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Both of you, join us here at the table, which is filling up, and the rings are coming. Aren't they? And, and the last of our, uh, of our uh, two nickels, uh, double nickels on the dime, folks, is uh, Kevin Alcock, uh, Kristen, Christian Burgess. Um, and we do have a lot of uh, people that are going to be mentioned on our third show for two nickels on the dime. Uh, Thomas Reed, I want to mention him. And finally, Daniel Rudolph. Uh, I said Kevin Elcock, didn't I? Yes, you did. And huh, that's interesting. So how, how about those rings, John? Yeah, they're getting. Oh, by the way, we have. Here's the deal. I finally got an artist. Ah, uh, yeah. Who was going to be, uh, and we were going to force him to do it because he is perfect for this. And that's uh, Neil Dixon. Oh, he is perfect for this. Oh, my God, what a great idea. Did you talk to him about it? 
Well, we were, we were out uh, shopping for something he had to bring back to uh, London or England. He lives in Cornwall now. And uh, he didn't have enough money. So I picked up the tab and said, look, here's the deal. You have to do these rings. And so he agreed to it. So <laughs> he's, he's on the hook. <laughs> the guy is an amazing artist. I think yes. it's neildixon.net. Oh, yeah, the guy is fantastic. He's just yeah. Absolutely no, he's a fantastic. Amazing. He's extre- He's just amazing. Yeah, he's totally amazing. And his pen and ink stuff is just outrageous. And he's and he's also has a kind of a perverse style that is just wow. Anyway, so yeah, he's going to be the guy. So we were on we're on that. That should be done shortly, and then we can get these rings done. We do have uh, we have to uh, mention uh, Sir uh, Birch, uh, the oh, dentist for his pins. The pins, he gave us some pins that uh, his son did that will be distributed to black knights. I may give them to all the knights, I'm not sure yet, that are quite nice to wear on the uh, suit and, jacket. And, and as with uh, U.S. generals, um, knights of the No Agenda Roundtable are uh, permitted to create their own uniform. And you can hang all kinds of crap off of it. Anything you want to do. <laughs> yes. Mostly buttons from trade shows. That's what we encourage. <laughs> yeah. So did we give a, a birthday shout out to John Lee? Uh, boy, Sorry. Happy birthday, John Lee. That's how you do it radio style, baby. It works. That's how we roll. Uh, so go to Dvorak.org slash NA to donate. Uh, those of you, uh, by the way, people who donated to the stream actually got their money's worth as uh, after the uh, uh, FUBAR Friday edition of uh, Daily Source Code, which also goes out live on the stream. Uh, every, we broke the stream. Uh, not quite sure how it happened, but the whole thing just like it fizzled out. And uh, the sysadmins were at it for three hours trying to get the thing back up. And those guys don't come for free nor does the bandwidth. So the sustaining producers are hereby thanked once again for keeping the stream up on the air at Dvorak.org slash NAS. And don't forget that uh, we're doing a special show uh, in celebration of our 200th episode. This uh, program, the first episode, started uh, November 26, 2007. I've been listening to the back archives, um, trying to find a couple of different pieces that we will be discussing on the deuce which is, uh, I guess it'll be 200.5. Is that kind of the uh, the episode that it'll be, John? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it'll be for donors only. And it'll I want to remind people that when we send, we're going to send out a code or, the, or, or a site that you can go to listen to this thing, this special episode. But, you know, typically when I send out a mailing to the people who have donated or the people on the mailing list, they... Uh, only about half the people open their mail, so make sure to open the mail when it says code. I'm going to probably you'll be coming from No Agenda Code or something like that. Right. So I don't know. Um, and we thank everybody, in particular people who are on the $5 a month or under $50 who uh, do that pretty much so they uh, won't be mentioned. A lot of them do forty nine ninety nine because uh, they just want to be anonymous donors. Those uh, donations are really appreciated. Um, Eric did a chart for us. And I th- and I, I I think the chart. Hold on, I have it here. Um, yeah, let me look at it. The sustaining monthly donations by where is it? Here it is. Subscription by two thousand and eighteen. 
uh, we will be able to live on the donations alone, on the monthly donations. 2018, keep, we're yeah. almost there. <laughs> but we do want to do more, and so we're putting our uh, your money where our mouth is. We're bringing you an extra third show. We'd love to do a lot more, and there is so much to do every single day. I mean, just think about if we actually had the time. Now, John, you have to leave on time today because you, you're working somewhere. You're, you're actually trying to pay some bills in another way. Yeah, I'm going to uh, New, oh, New, New Orleans. Orleans, right? New Orleans, yeah. yeah. So I did uh, some extra work, um, and I read two things. One, I read the entire Arizona bill. I don't know if we want to get into that, uh, but I did put the uh, the text of it in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Perhaps more importantly, uh, I took the time to read the Wall Street reform bill, which uh, is uh, proposed by Chris Dodd, uh, the full text of that. And this, of course, is just a draft. Now, remember, I'm the guy that read the Lisbon Treaty, so I actually kind of enjoy this. And I, and I love reading the summaries and then going into all the individual bits. And let me just summarize it for you. The Federal Reserve gets all the power. That's essentially what this bill is. And now I understand why people are against it. Because the Federal Reserve, despite its name, is not a government agency. That's, otherwise, it would be called the Federal Reserve Agency or the Federal Reserve Division. But it is actually a commercial um, bunch of banks. And they don't even talk about the Federal Reserve throughout this entire document. They keep talking about the Board of Governors. The Board of Governors are, of course, the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve. They will be providing oversight for all the banks. So, in essence... And I, I just got to say it. I literally see. Well, I'll, tell, I'll say it in a second. They get all control over all banks, which is exactly what they want because they're running the show. Yeah, so it's central not, banks. It's, that's what they do. Yeah, it's, it's bankers in the Federal Reserve. So they just—they just—it's like it's like here it is. Go ahead, take control of everything. You now control. This is the the business plot finally taking, uh, uh, finally coming to fruition. Now, when I take that. And I add in all this train stuff, I want to say, please, even though many of you are skeptics, and I'm looking at you, John C. Dvorak, pick up a copy of by Ayn Rand. That story is unfolding before our very eyes with the Taggart Transcontinental, with the banker takeover, with all of the shills in government. And maybe they're using it as a playbook. It is, it's a complete playbook. Complete. Hmm. Yeah, you can predict Wait, what's going to happen next. Your voice went up an octave. Yeah, Interesting. Because, because I'm like amazed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed at what's happening. <sighs> so we had a couple of stories that are kind of creeping around. We got, uh, by the way, you're, do you remember the uh, Ellen? I don't, I could, I didn't have it. I was going to make a clip of Remember the, the old Apple ad? Uh, with Ellen Feiss, who would, would the stoner girl that was you know went on about how the 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 uh, she used a Macintosh now that because her PC ate her paper and that kind of thing is a very famous ad. Dingbat no, chick. No, I don't, you don't remember, remember that. that. Oh, okay, well then I'm going to hold. I have to get this clip for for the next show. I'll do it next time. I'll do this next time. I won't do it now. Well, I have the ad here if you want to play it real quick. Yeah, play it. Yeah, will that help? Hold on a second. Of course, it's uh, that's the internet's baby. We, I was uh, writing paper on the PC and it was like beep, 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 beep. And then like half of my paper was gone. And I was like, hmm? It devoured my paper. It was really good paper. And then I had to write it again and I had to do it fast so it wasn't as good. 
it's kind of a right. This was uh, part of the switch campaign. I'm Ellen Feist, and I'm a student. Right. Yeah, and this was uh, it was one of the funniest ads. So that that model for ads, I have a uh, there's a natural gas ad out there that's being floating around the country that uses the same model of a dingbat uh, who's going to tell us about green. She doesn't know anything apparently. And it, I just first thing I, when I heard this ad, I said this is a, this is a clone of the Ellen Feist ad. I was just reading, in the next 20 years, we'll need like 420 gigawatts of new power to keep up with this country's demand. Gigawatt? I don't know what that is. It sounds like a lot. I just want it to be cleaner energy. That was my giga eureka. America's new natural gas. Cleaner, smarter energy. And soon to be really expensive. Yeah, that's our theory. <laughs> yeah. Soon to be extremely But she doesn't know expensive. what a gigawatt is, which is not, you know, it's just a, you know. It's, it's a, insulting. This is insulting. You know, I got a 19-year-old kid. Yet. She's not like this. She's, she's, she's not stupid. Yeah, no, this you girl's got a 15-year-old. She's not stupid. That's not how they actually tell her. What's a gigawatt? Well, yeah, it, it, there you go. That's right. That's exactly what our, you know what? I thought first that our schools weren't teaching kids anything, but I was wrong. They are teaching our kids exactly the values they need. How to cheat. Cheat on your test. If you don't cheat on your test, your teacher will help you cheat. Because that's all you need in this life. You just need to cheat and be part of a scam. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we're all doing. We're actually teaching our kids the right thing. You you have some skills. You need to know how to cheat. That's pretty insulting, I'd add. Yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Yeah. So uh, I also had a, uh, um, I found a new meme that's cropping up everywhere. Oh, boy. There's and, more? Uh, <laughs> we haven't had enough? This, I know, the, these, these things are ridiculous. The latest one is Teddy Roosevelt. They keep making reference to Teddy Roosevelt. Everybody's a new book out on Teddy Roosevelt. Everybody, the, the, all the economic books are coming out. They're talking about Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, specifically about the the fact that he formed the Progressive Party, which was also known as the Bull Moose. Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't, wasn't Teddy Roosevelt the guy who almost got kicked out because of the business plot? No, no, no. He was oh, always a legit no. guy, but he was one of the. He's one of the, our more uh, famous presidents. He's the one who in, uh, allowed gave the national. He was a Republican. He started the national park system. He threw the central banks bankers. He, he attacked the banks, and oh, and, that's that's why it's uh, it's cropping up because we got yeah, to use it's him. Cropping right. up. And then he, he ran twice, and he wanted to run a third time. And the Republicans said, you know, we're trying to keep this third time bull crap. <laughs> we don't want to do it, so we they like- wouldn't let him run. We like so the magic number. We like the magic number, Teddy. But no, we're not going to do it. He, he ran as an independent, split the party, and Woodrow Wilson got in, and the rest is history. But I got a bunch of these. This keeps cropping up. To play, uh, here's a guy who wrote a book. His MIT professor wrote a book called Thirteen Judges, which tells everybody how they should fix the economy. But he brings it up. Play that. To have come into its own in recent elections, both Barack Obama and John McCain channeled TR. In 2008. In fact, I described Barack Obama in the last chapter of my book as the apotheosis of progressive democracy. I confess I'm not exactly sure what that means, but it's <laughs> we could talk about it. But it but it seemed it seemed to it seemed to make sense. Okay, so I spotted the meme. Tr. Yeah. What, then, by what, the way, this, what, is, what this is guy it? wasn't this what, guy wasn't the professor. This is another guy. What is apotheosis? Uh, 
I don't know. I never bothered to look it up because apparently it doesn't mean that much to him. Why should I care? Refers to the exaltation of a subject to divine level. The term has meanings in theology where it refers to a belief and in art where it refers to a genre. Huh? Yeah, I don't think I don't think the sentence makes sense. No. I mean, well, how is how is Obama the apotheosis of Roosevelt? I'm not getting it. Okay, whatever. Uh, play TR spot one. There's another guy. Okay. Constitutional system. In particular, each candidate tried to grapple with the, the challenge of the trusts, with the emergence of corporations, the, the concentration of economic power, which posed fundamental challenges to the foundations of the decentralized republic of the 19th century. Now, that the 1912 election registered and inspired fundamental changes in American politics suggests the importance of the Progressive Party. Okay, uh, never mind. That's a, that, that, that's a wrong clip. Forget it. Try playing Roosevelt book. That's the one I just played. Oh, that's okay. That's not the guy I'm looking for. I'm looking for TR Spot One. That's the one I'm playing now. I played oh, okay. Roosevelt book a minute ago, and this is TR Spot One. Okay, play it. <sighs> Sorry. Constitutional system. In particular, like each candidate... Clip. What? No, I... Hold on. Here's Roosevelt book which I just played, to have come into its own in recent elections. All right. Both Barack- right. Forget it. I got the wrong guy here. Never mind. Crap. Well, I get the idea. TR is the new meme, and they're using Teddy Roosevelt to push through this uh, Wall Street reform. Yep. But you're going to hear a lot of TR uh, references over the next few months. But just so you know, the Wall Street reform is a handover. Complete handover. Yeah. Yeah, it's a scam, like everything else. <laughs> we just call it no agenda, big scam. Let me just talk about vaccines for a second, just give you a quick rundown of some amazing things. Well, before you do that, you might as well play my vaccine. Uh, oh, that- yeah, you have that. I think we actually have to do it's this. No agenda, swine flu Is that the one you meant? No, I meant the backwards <laughs> cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it, that's also a part of the swine flu thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hard to counteract, you know. Conspiracy theories tend to be popular, and yeah, I wish we were popular. <laughs> if we were popular, then we'd be doing this full time. It's hard to undo that kind of damage. I spoke recently at a high school near here. What is it? What is this? Is this a news report? Yeah, it's a news report, and you know they're, they're put. They're, they're, you know, if you haven't noticed, and there's a couple of things that came out recently. Uh, I mean, it, I guess in Australia they were taking bad. Yeah, I got, I got some of that. Shooting people with that. Yeah. Uh, but it's like they're tr- they're just latch, last ditch effort to get rid of this damn vaccine, which is you know they just clogging up. You know they got they bought all this stuff and they got to rationalize it. And so they're doing everything they can to, like, you know, the, the, the flu season, middle of the summer, they'll be telling us to take this thing. <laughs> there were about 200 people in the audience, and, and I asked them how many had gotten the influenza vaccine, and about half raised their hands. Of the half that didn't raise their hands, they said they, they didn't get it because on YouTube, they saw a, a Redskins cheerleader say that she had gotten the, the vaccine and had a so-called dystonic reaction. She's the beautiful cheerleader whose heartbreaking story is shocking the nation. <laughs> This clip of Redskins cheerleader Desiree Jennings went viral on the web after a local Fox News station broke the story. Love the voice. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That's this, the guy. That's the voiceover guy for uh, that's, uh, Frontline. 
Oh, oh this, no, he's got the best voice in the business this, right now. But it sounds so like you're fucking crazy if you believe this <laughs> is real. This is really stupid. Conspiracy theorists have planted this. She reported a bizarre neurological reaction to a flu vaccine that caused her to be able only to walk backwards. Her story's been viewed and shared almost million, two and a half two million, million times. times. Everybody can run just fine. It's only when she stops... You see, that's where the that's where the spasms start. Now you can walk backwards, though. The students who sat in that room were much more likely to believe something they had seen on YouTube from a Washington Redskins cheerleader than they uh, would have believed something that they they would have okay, heard from the. Okay, stop right, it. All right, I got okay, it. Okay, there are a couple of things it. here we have to note. One, why are the students so skeptical that they would believe a YouTube <laughs> clip above? What the experts are telling them. And obviously. really, because, you know, these people don't even know what a gigawatt is. So these stupid students need to shut up and believe us. Exactly. And the other thing that's that's interesting is that the math doesn't work out here. The, the guy who says he asked the, the students, you know, who got the shot and only half of them took their their put their hands up, meaning 50 percent of the students didn't take the shot. And he attributed that to the fact that they all apparently watched this clip of the girl who was walk, walking yeah. backwards, which yeah. is on the blog. It's all over the place. But but if you look at the absolute numbers of two and a half million people seeing this clip. That to for half the students, you'd have to have like half the country has had to see this. I mean, how does half of this this sample? Does that mean 150 million people saw this clip? I don't think so. No, no. Uh, so the whole so the in other words, his premise is totally bogus. Well, the reason why this is happening is uh, is because there's a another deal, another scam with the. Uh, the insurance and medical companies and uh, with our and governments worldwide it's a, it's a big one it's the vaccine scam and i have a couple more examples of that vaccines have now been transformed into not even something that that stops a virus but it's just a shot that will stop you from getting sick on something and i think that's john why they're not propagating the swine flu vaccine anymore if we listen to this clip as broadcast on wgn in chicago which was sent to us by one of our producers uh, they are in fact they're 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 saying you need to Listen to warnings about vaccinations and take your vaccines, which, by the way, will have no copay according to the new health care bill. They will be covered 100 percent by the insurance companies. Here's the clip, uh, which is really meant to scare you into taking vaccines. Meet Lisa. I had H1N1. I, I almost died. I remember going to the doctor and um, when he measured my oxygen level, my blood was very low. So he had told me I needed to go straight to the emergency room. They said I was still conscious, but I don't remember. They put me in a coma. Was it obviously on ventilator to help me breathe? I was on dialysis for five weeks. All my muscle was gone. I mean, my legs were as big as my arms. It affects people in different ways, and it just happened to affect me differently. And at the time, there were a lot of cases in the ICU along with me. You know, you kind of think, you know, I could have just had a, a vaccine and not spent all that time in the hospital. Why take a chance? Why take a chance and not get it? Protect yourself from H1N1. It's not too late to vaccinate. For more information on the H1N1 virus, visit the website ready.illinois.gov. This message brought to you by the Illinois Department of Public Health and your local health department. Right, so it's not too late to vaccinate is the uh, is the meme. And here's a couple of examples from uh, news in the past three days. 
In Gitmo Nation East, the British National Health Service has begun bribing teenage girls between the ages of 16 and 18 to get Gardasil vaccines, now handing out shopping vouchers worth about $70. Mm. So go shop and then yeah, just take this little vaccine. It's not a problem. Which, of course, everyone else is paying for, uh, like $350 a pop. The best one, though, is the FDA... And I love it when the FDA, which is supposed to be people who understand medicine, actually say they have approved a vaccine, the first vaccine to treat, which of course is already a, a conflict in definition, to treat prostate cancer or any cancer. Provenge is what it's. Provenge. It costs ninety three thousand dollars. But it will uh, prolong your life if you have prostate cancer. It can uh, give you uh, about four extra months to live. And let's face it, who wouldn't want to spend a uh, hundred grand to live four more months? And I love the uh, statistics. After three years of testing, thirty-two percent of men given Provenge were alive, compared to twenty-three percent who gave who were given a placebo. How does that work? <laughs> you know, it's like this never ends. You know, I. I you but, know, they, but they've approved it as a vaccine, not a vaccine. Then they've they're saying it's a the vaccine treats prostate cancer. This is cancer. another one of the we've changed the language again. This is all new speak. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, in uh, Gitmo Nation down under, we've had uh, a couple of deaths and a number of kids severely ill from the swine flu. These are the under five kids. From um, yeah, they're mixing the swine flu vaccine in with the regular flu vaccine, and yeah. it's making people sick and this is, killing uh, them. CSL Limited, a couple of producers pointed out to me, and I, I did get some information uh, on CSL. <laughs> and uh, let me see if I have the report here somewhere. It was very funny. They they actually said right there uh, on their website, uh, "We've checked, we've tested everything, and." Uh, no problem whatsoever. We could continue giving it to kids under five. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Terrible. Yeah. Almost 65,000 children aged five and younger in Western Australia received free flu vaccination. So this is only happening in Western Australia. Made by CSL and Sanofi Adventus as part of a trial that reduced hospitalizations by 88%, they now say. You don't have to worry. Don't worry about your kid dying. Unless, of course, you listen to the clip of the girl whose arm, whose legs were as big as her arms. So, uh, yeah, it's all going to be about vaccines. Uh, and, and the whole vernacular, when the FDA is actually saying a vaccine treats something or a vaccine can, can stop you from smoking, it's not a vaccine. Doesn't make sense because it doesn't. Vaccines create antibodies. Yeah. It's an injection. What's smoking got to do with antibodies? It's an injection, is what it is. They're giving you the, a shot of something. Yeah, they're giving you a shot of poison. <laughs> so um, poison. <laughs> nice. That's what it is. <laughs> I think you're right. It's poison. It's just poison, honey. Here, take a shot. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I do have to leave shortly, but I, we have a couple of, uh, I have some, because we get, I, people said to us, or to me mostly, oh, um, you know, you guys, you, you finish the show up and it's, and it's depressing. 
because the show is mostly depressing. Well, it's then, like depress- then, then you shouldn't. Then you should let me do one more before before, before I do that. I have a couple humorous clips. <laughs> okay, let me let me give you one more story, and then we'll wind it up on a happy note, John. Of course, I do. Although I think watch donations tank. <laughs> watch them tank. We'll, Dvorak.org slash NA. Please support my theory that we'll some happy this. note is a good idea. We'll track this. When we end on a happy note, I guarantee you it's going to tank. Here's uh, this is this is beautiful. Oh, uh, by the way, don't forget this Wednesday, and I'm sending a mailing out reminding people, oh, is double uh, nickels on the dime day. That's right. Once every hundred years. Is that true? Yeah. You, you get five, five, ten. That's uh fifty-five ten, double nickels on the dime. Yeah. I want I want you to go to Nuval.com, John. N-U-V-A-L, November Uniform Victor Alpha Lima dot com. Yeah. This is this is something new. New and what give me again? Give it and new November Uniform Victor Alpha Lima, Nuval. And this is being uh, promoted by our new Gitmo guy. Agri- uh, uh, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, the uh, former Monsanto, well, current Monsanto shill. This is a new brand that we have to be on the lookout for. Nuval is a whole new system that will help you learn to eat healthy. Oh, you mean eat the, the toxic, uh, G- yeah, the GM genetically stuff. modified food? Yep. That, ki- that, that has built-in pesticides, so instead of spraying yourself with, with some poison that you kill bugs with you actually get to eat it a food system for dummies says nuval visionary dr david katz and here's featured uh, on bigthink.com yeah. visiting a des moines high v supermarket which i'm sure is real quality ag secretary tom vilsack talked about the need to steer consumers to better quality food and how nuval can help educate consumers on better food choices i just gotta play it for you you will use nuval because you need to eat what we tell you it's all genetically modified and you need to shut up slave watch this thing being propagated i don't know if they've hired hill and Knowlton yet but you watch, you watch the president. I, it's going to happen. You can already see it happening. The president's going to say, you know, this is really good. We need to put, we need to, kids in school need to learn. And look, I can see cheese it here. It's like if you're talking about a nutrition system, cheese it should not be anywhere on the website. And the they, whole thing. This is, yeah, we're going to track this. This is bad. This is this really, bad really bad. And it's a commercial entity. Yeah. Yeah, and who are the partners of the supermarkets? It's like, Look at this tray of food. Uh, the I, tray of food looks disgusting. And it looks like something you're going to see in school. Missouri School District to grade its own food options. There it is, starting this fall. Here it is. Starting this fall, all the district's high and middle schools will grade all foods offered in their cafeterias and vending machines using the Nuval Nutritional Scoring System. Yeah, this is some... some see, if we, if we end the show right here, donations through the roof. But no! Go ahead, John. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. 
with something All right, well, funny. let's get a couple of things. I've got – so there was a, uh, a commercial for the uh, uh, Kentucky Derby I recorded, and they're, they're talking about all these different acts that are playing there. And there's a group called the, the Rascals Land or the, some, there's some kind of a, a, a rock group called Rascal Something, but it's not what – it's not, the young, not the young rascals. No, no, this is a rascal something. I can't. Unfortunately, I didn't write it down. But, but it's not what she says it is when she announces this. And I'd like to see if you can figure out what she does say. First, she lists a bunch of women, and then I don't know what was on her mind. But she calls that this group. I don't. I think she gave him the wrong name. Okay. Your Kentucky Derby party begins Saturday, 4 Eastern. The Today Show's Natalie Morales hits the red carpet with Diane Lane, Ashley Simpson, Rebecca Romaine, Rascal Flatts, and others join the bash at Churchill Downs. Saturday, 4 Eastern, only on NBC. I didn't get it. Rascal what? Did you hear Your what Kentucky she... Derby party begins Saturday, 4 Eastern. The Today Show's Natalie Morales hits the red carpet with Diane Lane, Ashley Simpson, Rebecca Romaine, Rascal Flatts, and others join... <laughs> Rascal Suds. Sure, you've heard of them. It's a, it's a new Jay-Z uh, joint. All right, well... <laughs> that's not... That's, de- that's depressing. Okay, well, then <laughs> we have do, the, humor, the humor of the day, which I think is a. I have uh, no, no. I have the absolute humor of the day clip. Well, I'm then you beat can top you. it when I, you, I'm going to top this you. one. Yeah, there, I got the biggest kick out of this. Is kind of a commentary on society. Uh, Monk, the uh, the ADD, uh, or no, he's the uh, obsessive uh, compulsive guy, uh, who's decided, who's discovered that this woman was, you know, uh, she's trying out to be an American citizen, and he comes to this conclusion. And I just thought this was a beautiful little line. Listen to this. Jello's beach. She couldn't stand the thought of him having a life. If she's miserable, everybody else has to be miserable. And she tried to kill him before, six months ago. But there wasn't enough evidence to indict her. If you knew who did it, why didn't you go to the police? She was afraid. You're not a citizen yet, but you're about to take your naturalization test. She was afraid to draw attention to herself. How did you know that? That pamphlet in your bag. You're studying the U.S. Constitution. Something no citizen would ever do. Good luck, by the way. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. I thought so. <laughs> okay, so let me save you the embarrassment, John. The name of the group is Rascal Flats, okay? Um, yeah. And they are a country band. And here's their cover uh, of Life is a Highway. So just so people don't think we're total boneheads. We are boneheads. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry, John. Uh, although uh, funny, uh, it does not compare to uh, this clip. Uh, don't tell me I lost it. Ah, great. <laughs> oh, crap. I win. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. You don't win. Hold on. Uh, I got it. <laughs> oh, crap. This was the best one ever. Wait, uh, say something. I'm confused now. I'm flummoxed. Oh, I'm that's fl- what you got I'm, at the blog that might be of interest to people. I'm flummoxed. No, 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 no. Do animals have a right to privacy? I got, like, I got it. 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 Okay. I don't need your help anymore. This will wind up the show. This is Rosanna Scotto on a Good Day New York. And they're talking about, of all things, milk. And uh, different types of milk, and what should they call these types of milk? Have a listen. There should milk that's not from a cow be called milk. What do you What do you think? Yeah, sure. Mother's milk is not from a cow, and we call it milk. 
Dr. Sumner Freak. <laughs> they were talking about things like the soy milk, right. you know, That's, the rice milk. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, what else are we going to call it? Soy juice? You can't well, do that. Soy jism. <laughs> Rosetta. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I had that clip, and I thought better of than to play it. You should have, because I think that's the clip of the week. It's definitely Soy. the clip of something. Soy jism. Give me a Give break. Me a break. What is she, what's on her mind? Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. What's on our mind for playing it? Yeah, you played it. Uh, good blog post you might want to check out. Do animals have a right to privacy? Apparently some professor believes, of course, he's in East Anglia, uh, says that documentary producers are ignoring the fact that animals try to hide from humans, which implies they do not consent to being filmed. Yes, and uh, the one thing we didn't get to, but which I'm tracking as we've passed... Uh the Arizona immigration bill. There's another little publicized bill that passed, uh, making it illegal to create, intentionally create, human-animal hybrids. And yeah. uh, so apparently there's a problem in Arizona with people creating uh, animal-human hybrids. And the kicker is 12 people voted against it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out who they are. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation, West Southern California. Yay, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is shining and the dogs are barking, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, early morning service, right here on No Agenda. <laughs>